0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Jesus' parable this morning compares God and his kingdom to a vineyard owner during the bustle of harvest time. In the parable, Jesus sharply contrasts our miserly sense of justice and fairness with God's overflowing grace. We confront humanity's resentful response to God's grace in the mouths of the early morning hires. They toiled honorably in the vineyard through the heat of the day, only to be possessed by pride and envy when the good man graciously made all his labors equal. The disgruntled workers voiced their revulsion at this gracious action towards the late comers and preferred to leave the vineyard altogether than be under the good man's authority. Their sense of fairness has been violated and they can't stand being in a place where equality is granted so haphazardly. In short, they can't stand God. The disgruntled worker's choice to leave the vineyard reminds me of C.S. Lewis's famous story of the bus that travels from hell to heaven with a load of lost souls. The damned souls are presented with an opportunity to live in God's unspeakably beautiful kingdom for all eternity. But as the ghostly souls leave the bus and step into the dense reality of heaven, they immediately begin to complain about how God has arranged things. Some are upset with who God allows into heaven. One memorable character can't stand that his friend's murderer is in heaven. The murderer, now a beautiful heavenly being, is sent to convince this man to stay in heaven, but he can't get through to him. The self-condemning spirit exclaims, I have gone straight all my life. I don't say I was a religious man, and I don't say I had no faults, far from it but I'd done my best all my life. I'd done my best by everyone. That's the sort of chap I was. I never asked for anything that wasn't mine by rights. If I wanted a drink, I paid for it, and if I took my wages, I'd done my job. The damned soul soon tells his heavenly emissary to clear off and says, I may be only a poor man, But I'm not making pals with a murderer, let alone taking lessons from him. I'd rather be damned than go along with you. I came here to get my rights. So the man gets back on the bus and goes back down to hell. Like the early morning hires, this man is completely revolted by God's grace. And he refuses to be made equal with the murderer. He would rather leave God's heavenly vineyard altogether and wallow in hell than be ruled by such a God. His warped sense of justice prevents him from enjoying eternal bliss. Jesus' parable raises a live question we must all confront. Can we handle God's grace? we set aside our paltry sense of fairness and joyfully embrace the pure goodness of God. Or as our eye becomes so evil that we can't even perceive God's goodness as good. God's grace is scandalous and extends to all who heed his invitation. We shouldn't be too quick to conclude that we wouldn't also reject God's extravagant grace. If we found ourselves on the same bus to heaven, would our pride allow us to take spiritual guidance from a murderer, a prostitute, a drunk, or someone who has deeply wronged us? Would we be offended by the equality God graciously establishes between his followers? That's not easy to answer. The sin of the early hires and of the damned soul in Lewis's story is pride. They claim to know better than God and accuse him of not knowing how to properly order what's his. They claim a God's eye view of things. This is the root of all sin, the belief that we know better than God, that we know who's deserving of his grace. This toxic pride leads the early hires to view view their fellow laborers with disdain. One thing the New Testament makes crystal clear is that God does not see us the way we see each other. God sees the heart and his eye is full of love. He is not a nitpicky judge with a ledger book. There's a wonderful story that beautifully illustrates the difference between the divine and human perspective. The story begins, There once was a monk who lived on Mount Athos in Greece, and every day he would get drunk and scandalize the pilgrims who came to visit. The monk eventually died, and the other monks were relieved and they went and told their elder how pleased they were that this huge problem had been resolved. The elder replied that he was aware of the monk's death because he had seen a whole battalion of angels sent to escort his soul to heaven. The monks were amazed. Some protested the elder's words, and tried to explain what a nuisance this man was, thinking the elder was confused. But the elder explained that this monk was born in Asia Minor during the time when the Turkish armies were gathering all the young boys to serve as slaves. To prevent him from being taken by the roving armies, his parents brought him into the fields during the harvest season. To keep him from crying as they worked, they mixed plum brandy with his milk to cause sleep. Through no fault of his own, he became an alcoholic at a very early age. When he was older, he sought out an elder in desperation and asked him what he should do about his destructive drinking. The elder told him to do prostrations and prayers every night and implore Christ to help him reduce his daily intake of wine by one glass. After a year with repentance and great struggle, he was able to reduce his consumption from 20 glasses of wine to 19. He continued fighting through the years and finally reached three glasses of wine. Which unfortunately still resulted in scandalous behavior towards the pilgrims. The monk died an addict. He was never able to completely rid himself from this demon. And the elder observed that whereas the world only saw a scandalous monk, Christ saw a devout follower in a lifelong battle to eliminate his besetting sin. Those who we, by our human calculations, rank last, Christ welcomes with open arms. Whatever hour we show up to the heavenly banquet, Christ will greet us as honored guests. And he won't just welcome us, he will run out to meet us, embrace us, clothe us with the best robe, put a ring on our finger, shoes on our feet, He will kill the fatted calf. All are welcome at this great feast, but we must come to love God's gracious ways. As we learn from Jesus' parable of the prodigal son, some will choose to remain outside listening to the music rather than joining the feast. Some will prefer outer darkness to God's loving embrace. In his famous Easter sermon, St. John Chrysostom speaks of Christ's expansive invitation to the heavenly banquet. He says, if any man be devout and love God, let him enjoy this fair and radiant triumphal feast. If any have labored long in fasting, let him now receive his recompense. If any have wrought from the first hour, let him today receive his just reward. If any have come at the third hour, let him with thankfulness keep the feast. If any have arrived at the sixth hour, let him have no misgivings, because he shall in no wise be deprived thereof. If any have delayed until the ninth hour, let him draw near, Fearing nothing. If any have tarried even until the eleventh hour, let him also be not alarmed at his tardiness, for the Lord, who is jealous of his honor, will accept the last even as the first. He gives rest unto him who comes at the eleventh hour, even as unto him who is wrought from the first hour. Enter you all into the joy of the Lord, both the first and likewise the second. You rich and poor together, you sober and you heedless. The table is full laden. Feast ye sumptuously. The calf is fatted. Let no one go hungry away. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.